0: Welcome to Taiwan Report News Brief, news and analysis from Taiwan, I'm Donovan Smith. Up today in the program, there's a move to bypass the WHA, Taiwan to the rescue expands, Kerry Lam defends RTHK attack, Taiwan bans Zoom for official uses, some French support for Taiwan, the third runway at at the Taoyuan airport gets EPA approval. There's some mixed news for business. The NPP accuses Tsai Ing-wen of breaking a promise and wants to change the Assembly and Parade Act. Johnny Chang goes back to the future on revolution. And Hang Wuyu recall passes second stage and the recall vote is to take place in June. But of course, up first, coronavirus. The headline in Taiwan news, Taiwan reports only three new cases of coronavirus. Now, all of these were imported, however, there were big crowds out during the tomb-sweeping weekend and usually it takes a few days for symptoms to appear, so we may see an uptick in new cases. Continuing the Taiwan news, no plan to cancel Labor Day weekend yet, Taiwan Premier tseng Tsang on Tuesday said the government currently had no plan to cancel the upcoming three-day Labor Day weekend, but this may change depending on the development of the Wuhan coronavirus pandemic in Taiwan. Concerns were raised Monday after thousands of Taiwanese reportedly swarmed tourist attractions across the island nation during the tomb-sweeping holiday weekend. Focus Taiwan. Taiwan to enforce masks for vendors, service, and Hospitality Staff, CECC. All vendors and service providers who deal with customers will be required to to wear surgical masks with enforced regulations to be revealed at a later date. To the Taipei Times, train delayed after man refused to put on his face mask. A betel nut-chewing passenger allegedly verbally abused and attacked a conductor who told him to put his mask on. A southbound Taiwan Railway Administration's commuter train was delayed for about 30 minutes on Sunday morning after this incident. In Focus Taiwan, Taiwanese team finds key antibodies in COVID-19 patients. A Taiwanese research team has produced 25 human monoclonal antibodies based on antibody gene segments from three patients infected with the coronavirus-19 coronavirus. A resident physician at a hospital locally told the press that the achievement could facilitate the development of not only rapid screening t- kits, but also medication that targets the virus. Taipei Times headline is Central Bank can double funds for SMEs, FSC says. The central bank has pledged if required, to double the amount of money earmarked to support small and medium-sized enterprises to deal with the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, the Financial Supervisory Commission said yesterday. The central bank last month made $200 NT worth of financing available for banks to help such businesses particularly hard by the effects of the coronavirus, such as those in the tourism and transport sectors in the form of preferential loans. Continuing in the Taipei Times, MOL planning cash loan subsidies. The Ministry of Labor yesterday detailed the latest government policies to ease unemployment amid the COVID-19 pandemic, including cash handouts of 30000 NT for self-employed people or freelancers. To qualify for the cash handout, a worker must have participated in the labor insurance plan through a guild. Minister of Labor said at a news conference at the Executive Yuan in Taipei. To RTI Taiwan to share COVID-19 experience in global online seminar. Medical experts plan to share Taiwan's experience fighting COVID-19 in a global online seminar. The Association for Global Health Diplomacy said it is working with medical staff and organizations in countries hit hard by the coronavirus pandemic. It plans to hold an online seminar about epidemic prevention on May 17th. It will share Taiwan's experience with medical staff and the public in Switzerland, India, the Philippines, the UK, and other countries. The association also plans to hold a press conference on April 14th. Now, this is, this is interesting because the World Health Assembly usually meets annually in Geneva in May. Now, We don't know if Taiwan will be able to participate, but probably not considering most of the noise that's been coming out of the PRC. The PRC, of course, has been blocking Taiwan from appearing either as an observer or a member for quite some time now. So by having these online meetings, they're essentially bypassing the WHA meeting. Now recently, in the last few years, they've been having... Off-site meetings. In other words, the WHA will have some meetings. Taiwan sends a team anyway to the city where the where it's being held, but meets with a lot of different countries in hotel rooms and other venues. To focus Taiwan, Taiwan to donate over one million masks to new southbound countries. Taiwan is planning to donate another round of surgical face masks overseas, this time with over a million pieces going to several countries targeted by the government's new southbound policy, as well as other countries the Ministry of Foreign Affairs announced Tuesday. Now, it says here that it'll be about seven or eight NSP countries, even though there are more. And an official familiar with the matter who asked not to be named told CNA that the countries will include Singapore, Malaysia, the Philippines, Vietnam, India, Myanmar, and Indonesia. Taiwan has pretty good relations with Singapore, has strong business connections with Vietnam, and, and as well with, with Malaysia, the Philippines, Myanmar, and Indonesia, along with Thailand, are the big countries that supply labor to Taiwan. I'm surprised to see Thailand is not on that list, but it could be because there's seven to eight total, and that's only that, so it it also could be on the list, just wasn't mentioned. Asked if Taiwan will be donating masks to Japan or South Korea, both of which have been hard hit by the COVID-19 pandemic since it first erupted in China last December, Guru said that neither of the two have so far asked for help. Continuing in Focus Taiwan, Priest thanks Taiwanese for NT120 million in donations for Italy. Taiwan's been very generous to Italy. They raised that money in six days. Moving on to the Hong Kong Free Press. Hong Kong's LAM defends government criticism of broadcasters' Taiwan questions as Watchdog urges RTHK charter reform. Hong Kong Chief Executive Carrie Lam said on Tuesday that RTHK must uphold one country, two systems after a minister condemned a journalist's question about Taiwan during an interview with a World Health Organization advisor. Quote, Even as a public broadcaster in the charter for RTHK, there are very clear appliance of its public broadcaster role in deepening the Hong Kong people's understanding of one country, two systems. So there are clear parameters of regulating the operation of RTHK, Lam said. Moving on to Business Insider, Taiwan's government bans official use of Zoom days after the firm admitted to mistakenly routing some calls through China. There have been a lot of security concerns with with this software. It's a video conferencing software. So Zoom has faced myriad security concerns in the past week, including worries about how it encrypts user data, the potential theft of user data, leaked email addresses, and calls being routed through China. Also, it notoriously has bad security uh, with people being able to crash into them, hack into them, or whatever. Um, There's even Zoom bombing where people join in other people's conversations. Um, there are also 700 and some odd employees working for Zoom on the code for it in China. Back to RTI, China put, puts politics before human rights and health. Foreign Ministry is the headline. The Foreign Ministry is accusing China of putting politics before human rights and health. That's the word from Foreign Ministry spokesman Joanne O oh on Tuesday. Oh's comments came after a petition in support of Taiwan's WHA bid was endorsed by over 80 French parliamentarians. The petition was initiated by Taiwanese students studying in France. Glad to see that those 80 French parliamentarians stood up and glad the petition was initiated by the Taiwan students acting on their own. Over to the Taipei Times, planned third runway passes EPA scrutiny. The Environmental Protection Administration has approved an environmental impact assessment for a project to build a third runway at Taiwan Taoyuan International Airport. However, uh, and they, <laughs> there's some problems here. This is several environmental protection groups issued a joint statement saying that the committee passed the project without conducting a thorough assessment of risks posed by the oil depot or relocation, uh, relocation fees for land expropriation. Now, the, the EPA said, however, the Taiwan International Airport Corp promised to bolster disaster prevention and control measures and hold one aircraft rescue or firefighting drill every year as the planned runway is close to an oil storage facility operated by CPC Corp. Taiwan. Continuing in the Taipei Times, Manufacturing industry buoyed by 5G demand. The climate gauge for the nation's manufacturing industry in February turned from blue to yellow blue, supported by demand in, created by the deployment of 5G and other upcoming technologies, the Taiwan Institute of Economic Research said yesterday. Now, that comes on the heels when Moody's said that their prediction for GDP growth in Taiwan would be 0.2%, largely because they say they are predicting lower overseas demand for Taiwan's products during the coronavirus pandemic. Continuing on in Taipei Times, the headline is Debt in Taiwan Manageable DBS – The level of corporate and household debt in Taiwan remains manageable, despite an income shock amid the COVID-19 pandemic and mounting stress in global financial markets, DBS Bank Limited said in a report last week. This is especially true compared to other countries in the region. Continuing in the Taipei Times, the headline is NPP urges Tsai to Change Assembly and Parade Act. President Tsai Ing-win should fulfill her campaign promise made in 2008 by having proposed amendments to the Assembly and Parade Act passed during this legislative session, the new power party said yesterday. When campaigning for president in 2008, Tsai promised that the DPP, regardless of whether it was the governing party, would propose amendments to the act to stop administrative abuse of power. But, quote, that check is apparently bounced. NPP legislator Chen Jiaohua said. Tai and the government should fulfill their promise to the public, which is the protection that a democratic government guarantees for its people, she said. The act should protect people's rights rather than limiting them, NPP legislator Claire Wong said. Rather than having people having to obtain permission for a protest, The act should allow people to simply inform the police about their plan and hold a protest in advance without having to ask for permission, she said. The party also supports removing the regulations banning protesters from approaching administrative buildings, as well as those allowing police to disperse crowds, Wong said. The amendments would punish legal protesters in accordance with the penal code rather than special administrative penalties, Wong added. Law enforcement officers would be obligated to disclose their identities during a protest, she said. Now, I, I believe, if memory serves, these laws were actually put in right after martial law was lifted. Now, what the KMT government did at the time, because it was still a one-party state, is they essentially put in a whole series of security laws, which were, in essence, martial law light. Now, I think, and I I probably should have checked this up before the show, but I believe that the Assembly and Parade Act, those provisions were actually put in as part of those security laws. All right, moving on again in the Taipei Times, Chang sees KMT, KMT Institute as key to attracting talent. Chinese Nationalist Party Chairman Johnny Chang yesterday said that he hopes the party's institute of revolutionary practice could become an important cradle for attracting and cultivating party talent. Quote, although the KMT is poor, it cannot be poor in the area of cultivating talent because talent and discourse are the KMT's most important assets in the future. Chang said at a news conference at the party's Taipei headquarters to mark Taipei City Councilor Luo Zhiqiang taking over as the Institute's new director. The party must show the public through action, not just words, that it wants to develop new talent, he added. Now, Lo, who outlined his three major goals for the Institute, which has reverted to its original name from the National Development Institute, he said he would not take a salary, and because, he said, the KMT is at a historic low point, Lo said, the institute has no money and neither does the kmt he also said he would donate 800000 nt of his own money the donation would help the institute to pay its expenses he said however the institute is to launch a 10 million nt dollar fundraising drive he said adding that details would be released as soon as possible well and 10 million nt is a small sum from for the dpp whose resources are quote endless It is an astronomical amount for the KMT, he added. Now, it says here that on December 6th last year, the KMT said it was struggling to pay staff due to an asset freeze imposed by the ill-gotten party assets settlement committee. I think it's very interesting that Chang decided to go back to the original name, the Institute of Revolutionary Practice. That's harking back to a much earlier era. And in the Taipei Times, the petition to recall Kaohsiung Mayor passes second stage. The second phase of a petition to recall Kaohsiung Mayor Hang Guoyu has passed the signature threshold required to initiate a recall vote, the Kaohsiung City Election Commission said yesterday. Kaohsiung Deputy Mayor Chen Xiongwen, the commission's head, said the commission had mobilized nearly 600 civil servants over 29 days to review the signed petition copies. Now, here's what's interesting. He actually had until April 18th to make this announcement. So it actually turns out that, ironically here, the Han government here, this commission in the Han government, actually proved to be very efficient, did this ahead of deadline, but the one thing that they now seem to have done very, very well is hands recall. (laughs) So, a recall vote could be held on June 6th or 13th, but the Central Election Commission would make the final decision after receiving the City Commission's results today, Chen said. My suspicion is it will probably be the later date or as late as they can because of the pandemic. In, the recall, in a recall vote, a simple majority must vote in favor of recalling an official for the vote to succeed, with at least 25% of eligible voters participating, or about 570,000 people in this case, the CEC said. All right, be sure to check out report.tw for all these articles and some more, some very interesting ones I picked out for you to check out. And of course, like us on Facebook subscribe to us on YouTube or your favorite podcast broadcaster this has been brought to you by the Taiwan report For more content like this become our patron at report.tw the Taiwan